to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. And look who's back. T3 is back after the long birthday weekend. Ted, did you have a fun birthday weekend first? It wasn't bad. Okay. I thought you were I don't, I don't know. I it, Listen, the, the, it, whatever. the weather wasn't great. Of course, now it's great. This whole week is beautiful. Now it's starting at 70s, 80s by the end of the week. Go figures. This weekend's going to be beautiful. Last weekend stuff. But we had a great weekend celebrating our cousin's birthday, surprise 30th, Frankie's birthday. So whatever, Mother's Day. It was just – it was a long weekend. It's a long I'll, weekend. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It was a long weekend. Yeah. It's all good. Hey, I missed you. I, I, I got to wish you a happy birthday, though, on the show, even though you yeah, were – I didn't yeah. even see that. It's, of course you do. What a surprise. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But, Ted, look at you. You look a little more clear than me. Soon I will have a new camera or a new adapter. But I do sound pretty good. But we got a great show for you today. As we do have the gang back together, we will be joined with the Joseph McGuire in a little while to talk New York Yankee baseball. And did Brian Cashman make the right decision this offseason? What am I talking about? We'll get into that in a little while. But we have to start off with this exhilarating playoffs exciting playoffs we with the with the exception of last night's memphis and golden state series we have three series right now that are three game series going down to the wire but i wanted to start off with it was i was deciding what do i want to do do i want to talk about the one seeds right now because they're both in a three game series or do i want to talk about the bucks and the champs in a three game series Let's start off with this because we've always talked about this in the past with great all-time players, LeBron in 2018, LeBron in 2007. We've seen it with Kobe. We've seen it with Michael, but Giannis, this is a guy that is coming into his zone as well, as we all proclaim the great, the greatest player in the earth right now on planet earth, currently in the NBA belongs to Giannis Antetokounmpo. That title is his. My thing is, is that, and some, I think Tim Legler said it today on Get Up and said it perfectly. The Milwaukee Bucks, Ted, have the best player in this overall series, but the Boston Celtics have the better team right now. And why I have this question, who's going to be Giannis's Robin? Well, that's Chris Middleton. Well, for the people that don't know, Chris Middleton is currently out right now with an MCL sprain and looks like he could miss the series. It's a possibility he plays, but let's not get too excited about that. So right now it's going to be Giannis and company trying to, well, get back to reclaiming their title and going for a repeat. So, Ted, my question to you is, who's going to be, who's going to be the guy to step up for the Milwaukee Bucks? And especially Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's been delivering right now in this series with a nice 32, 13, and 8, shooting 44% from the field. So he's delivering as he's been going for the past couple years in the playoffs. He's delivering and making and etching his name into not just the game's greats, but the all-time greats if he can win another title. But, Ted, who is Giannis's Robin? And who could be? Who needs to is the more important question, I should say. It's got to be a combination of players. It's got to be guys like Drew Holiday, who they traded for last year. It's got to be a guy like Bobby Portis, who they thought was going to fill the void after uh, losing P.J. Tucker in free agency this year. So it's got to be a combination. I mean, Trevor, I was telling you right before the show, if you look at all the series, I mean, 
You look at the Dallas series, you know, the Suns jump up and then Dallas comes home and you just look at the bench. I mean, guys like Jalen Brunson, Finley, a bunch of guys on their team hitting the three ball. You look at what Philly's done in the last two games since Embiid has come back, the role Mm -hmm. players. It's amazing when the stars come in, how much makes the life for the role players seem so much better. I thought Memphis last night was going to capitalize and tie that series. Unfortunately, they didn't. Listen, Golden State's fabulous. They have all their players. If Ja maybe is playing last night, maybe the game's different. With that being said, let's get back to the question. Who is who is Giannis's Robin? I don't think there's one guy. All right. I, I looked at this. I'm looking at the thing right here. Game was a three that the Bucks won. Drew Holiday, 25 points, 10 rebounds. Bobby Porter's 15 points, 11 boards. They didn't play like that last night. They they were not the support system that Giannis needed. And the biggest thing with this is it's not that they have to have a Robin or it's just gotta be they gotta be crucial points in crucial minutes. You know, down the stretch, this series, especially this Boston Milwaukee series, is a war. I mean, oh yeah. Both teams right now have half a tank of gas left. So whoever has got any whoever can get to, because I believe the series is going seven. Either way, the series is going seven. There's a possibility all three of these two two series can go to seven. And we'll talk about the other two. In a, I mean, in a few you, I was just reading what was it? This stat right here. It's just said you, you watched last night. Last night's game, Giannis looked visibly gas in the fourth quarter. I mean, he's averaging 38, 40 minutes a game. But Antetokounmpo played at least 38 minutes in every game this series and topped just over 41 minutes last night. That's a lot of minutes, bro. A lot of, and and it's not just these are not regular season minutes, man. These are playoff minutes. This series is vis. Very physical. Al Horford, man, found the fountain of youth last night. 30 points, career high in a playoff game. He would, I mean, who would have thought at 35 years old Al Horford was going to beat Giannis off the dribble and stuff it in Giannis's face with the and one? You know, I thought last night, the turning point last night's game was in the third quarter when Giannis got the technical, when he slammed it over Horford and again, kind of gave Horford that stare. And I thought Al Horford kind of really picked up the pace. He was six for six, 16 points. Um, in the fourth quarter last night, he was the difference in why the Celtics won. It's kind of funny. Game, what was it? Game two or game three? Marcus Smart was ruled out with a knee injury. Celtics game two last night, Robert Williams ruled out right before is a late scratch. Celtics win again. You'd like to see the full complimentary players for the Celtics because of the series, but listen, Giannis is still the best player in this series, he's the most dominant. He's got to have, he's got to be much more physical. Right now, Al Horford, Tatum, the combination of uh, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, are beating up on Giannis. The role players of Bobby Portis and Drew Holiday gotta be, gotta step up. They they have to, they gotta put in that fifteen to twenty points. They gotta be much more vital. You know, where is Grayson Allen? Right, Grayson Allen was like, oh, Grayson Allen, wow, he's filling a void. The Chicago Bulls. Where's Grayson Allen? Haven't seen him. Haven't heard and that, from him. And, and that's the key thing and right now. You look at you. I'm just looking at the box score right now. Giannis at 34 last night played 41 minutes. Next closest guy was Brooke Lopez, 17 points. I mean, this is a guy that was a huge contributor last year. Bobby Portis, another guy that was huge last year for the Milwaukee Bucks, only four points. And then last year's guy that really came into his own was Drew Holiday, who's almost nowhere to be found in this series. Is a guy that really was an X factor. Like we all talked about it last year. They had their big three. They had Middleton and Giannis and Drew Holiday. It wasn't the sexiest big three from the terms of star potential, but you saw what he brought defensively 
Drew Holiday, and you saw what he brought offensively. You're not really seeing that right now from this overall Bucks team. And then you go back to the Celtics, you look at what they did. Hmm, let's see. You had two guys with 30 points. Then you had two guys with 18 points. But there's just a balance. They they run right now. I'm looking at it. They run with an eight-man rotation. But the thing is, they're all it's a balance. There's a certain balance for that team. They got their stars. They got Jalen Brown. They got Tatum, who are, are going to do the things. They're going to score 20-plus points a night. But it's the role players. It's the guys like Marcus Smart. It's the guys like Al Horford, who is, my goodness, we we all thought Al Horford should have been calling it quits within the past year or so. He's he's found a new life. I mean, going to Boston has become, like, game-changing to him. And to see him deliver last night, that's why this series is so intriguing. And, yes, if Middleton is there, this is a completely different series. Maybe who knows if Milwaukee's up. We don't know. But my thing is, when you look at these two teams right now, and I would 100,000% agree with Tim Legler, what he had to say, is the Milwaukee Bucks have the best player in this overall series, but the Boston Celtics, Ted, have the better overall team. Well, well especially now that the the Bucks are not healthy. They, they don't have Chris Middleton. I think this series would be much different. I think the series would have been over in six if Chris Middleton was playing. This yeah. series is definitely going seven. And Trevor, I agree with you. I'm looking at the box score last night. Giannis at 34. Okay, Lopez at 17. Drew Holiday at 16. Wesley Matthews, 12. You know, and then the bench, really no one. But guys like last year, Bobby, Bobby Portis, who was a significant. We saw what he what he did in the finals last year, how significant his role was. Patrick Cunnington, you know, 11 points last night. But I'm looking at, like, the plus minus, all minus six, minus six, minus six. So, you know, they're not – they're not playing as well as they need to. They're not shooting as well. You know, the three ball. Here's another thing. Giannis shot much better this year from the field, from the three-point line, and from the free throw line. His free throw percentage and three-point percentage has gone down yeah. drastically in this series, in this in the playoffs. Well, so is it because he has to take – is it because of the fact that he – this team is – Well, here's right. the thing. Ted, I'm going to tell you this. Points. This is very similar to – 2018 with a guy named LeBron James who seemed like he had to do everything. And it was, uh, it just so happens that he was playing the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals at the time. Well, I would fl- I'd flip it like this. If where he had to do everything, even though Embiid, Embiid was out when Harden was there, I'd flip it like this. If Embiid was there and they'd be crashing on Embiid all day, not having Harden as much as people would knock the Harden, Harden's ability to hit the three and stretch the floor is significant. And what Chris Middleton does is he doesn't play the inside the paint. Giannis likes to work the paint, right? So you can't have two guys. So Middleton's ability to stretch the floor, hit the three, and create his own shot opens lanes up for Giannis, and you see it. Go look at the highlights. Go look at the game. Every time Giannis drives, there's multiple guys surrounding him. You know, he might be Horford, but then Tatum's there, Brown there, Marcus Smart. There's There's always somebody to help defense out. The help defense is tremendous with this Boston Celtics. And that's the the strong suit, though. What was it? That's why it said the Celtics had won what? They scored 43 four. points in the fourth. They were down trailing going into the fourth. They scored 43 points in the quarter. I, th- I mean, I think it said the Celtics had won 26 of the last 32 games. So they were playing the best ball. They swept the Nets, which, listen, I had the Nets winning the series. I just figured the better players would come through. That's that's stupid by me. The dysfunction of the Nets came to fruition in the playoffs. But for the Celtics to take take advantage and just crush the Nets like they did, I mean, they literally dominated the series. You know, and if it wasn't for a couple of mishaps early in this series, they might be up 3-1. The 
This series is great. It's been the most physical. It's been the most fun. I think all the playoff series is, you know, if we just said overall the playoffs, I know a lot of people are not NBA fans. We don't talk about this a lot. But if, you, if you're a basketball fan, you had to love every one of these series. The Heat, Heat Sixer series, and now that Embiid's back, looks like a series. That's the best out of three. That's going to be great. I know the John Morant injury last night, but I thought Memphis had that game last night. They almost played like a better team without Ja than with Ja. Yeah. I think Memphis can steal one more, but I think Golden State will end up finishing that at six. And then you take these two series, the Heat, uh, the Sixers Heat, and then this series, and then the Dallas and and the, and, and uh, excuse me, and the Sun series. What's the matter? You got too much air in your mouth or something? Can't catch your tongue over there. Jesus. No, you better, like, you better no, shoot that head, bro. Yo, that head. Yo, that set of hair, man, getting too much. I but if you look at the series, to, you look at the series. Yo, those but if you look at the series and you look at the reason why the, the lower seed teams are have tied the series is because yeah. the role players have, have played that significant role. They have stepped up, and it's noticeable because the stars have done that. I mean, look at Luka. Luka's done it, what he's needed to. Giannis has done <laughs> it. You know, Tatum's been where he needed to be. And, I mean, listen, you wouldn't call him a role player, but Harden finally showed up the other night. Showed up and it, it it makes a huge difference. But they we're not going to jump the gun and say that James oh, Harden's back like every other sports network did, because yeah, every sports open. network was like, "Oh my God, James Harden's no, back." All I'm going to say is that was one game. Yes, now, exactly. Here's, here's here's where the true heroes step up. Best of three. This is where you're going to see who who's man enough to take care of business and who's going to and who's going to finalize and who's going to move on to the next round. Either yeah. way, I tell you, this is. This is a hell of a series for all the NBA. Yeah, all you just you just think of right now with the current situation. I mean, what more could you ask for? You get the Sixers and Heat, get the Mavericks and you get the Suns, get the Celtics and the Bucks, and then you get the Warriors in Memphis. I mean, all three, all four have different type of styles of play. You got stars all over, but it's just still delivering. I know that it's three one in the Memphis and Golden State series, but still these series all can be two two. But the one seeds right now, especially the Suns right now, who we all thought were the overall overwhelming favorite coming into this playoff, and we all thought probably would be the favorites to win the title, they're in a little little bit of a tough situation right now. So, Ted, you look at these both these one seeds, you look at the current predicament that they're in, both in three-game series, and both of them, the Suns, well, they got to get Chris Brown, uh, Chris Brown, Chris Paul, <laughs> To stay in, to stay um out of foul yeah. trouble, you know. Well, yeah, the brain. I guess I got to get some curls or something. I don't know because that was bad. That was bad. But also, the Sixers series. You think about these two series. Would you be surprised if both one seeds went down, or do you just see one of them going down, or any, or either? I know. I still think both number one seeds will find a way to win. And majority of my thought process on that is they have the two home teams. I mean, they have the two home games. They're on the home, they're on their home court twice. I always favor the home team than I would the road team. But if you told me, Ted, you got to pick one, I think the Sixers can beat the Heat. And the reason why I say that is Kyle Lowry's injury. I don't, he looks like I'm just reading on him right now. Um, what is he's it? not going to be. He looks like he's not going to be playing. He's he's, he's reaggravated the hamstring. Lowry will miss Monday's game five. His consistent day to day prognosis. I I mean, listen, he hasn't been the same guy with this injury, and I don't know if he's going to come back full strength at all. And and it feels like the Sixers are building on something. And here's the other thing: Embiid's getting better. 
It's like the two day the, the the games miss, it rested him. He's gonna be a little more fresher down the stretch. He's going to get better. And I think he and he's the best player on this on, on in this core. And we talk about, you know, going back to the question before with Giannis, the stars usually pan out. I I, I would take I would take the Sixers because of Embiid. And there's and when he's on, there's no one really like him. And and he should probably should have won MVP because you can just see the significance of what his impact is in the last two games. Mm-hmm. I st- but I still think both number one seeds are going to win. I, listen, it's it's weird because <laughs> I hate to say it, the two guys that played in Houston about five six years ago have are the ones that have the most pressure, and it's the two number one seeds. It's it's Harden for the Sixers. If Harden plays like he did the other night, the Sixers, the Sixers, can, win, yeah. the Sixers can win the series. But then you got to go to the guy who just turned thirty seven on Friday and has been awful. Has has what nine turnovers and ten fouls in the past two games, and that's Chris Paul. Ever since he turned thirty-seven, he looks thirty-seven. So well, we were just talking about guys, a week ago. Guys, if those two guys don't play to where these teams need them to be, and listen, I, we know Embiid's the star of that team, and we know Devin Booker's the star of that team, but Chris Paul has to play much, much better. I mean, he's been awful. He's he's looked old, Trev. He's looked significant, and Dallas has kind of like worn on him. Like we're gonna make him go ninety-four feet all day long and just wear on him and wear on him and wear on him. Listen, maybe home court advantage will help him. Maybe the thing the other night will motivate him, but it's 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 gonna be tough. But I believe both home teams will find a way to win because of Game Seven being at their home courts. Were we just talking about Chris Paul? Like like last series, he was tremendous. He was tremendous against the Pelicans. Dallas is born on him, like like they're leaning on him, like they're playing, they're picking him up full court all day. No, they're long. playing. No, they're playing his game. That's why he fouled out the other day. If you look at a lot of his fouls that he got, it's a lot of the stuff that he's done over the years. They're just they're just took a page out of his book, and yeah, that's what he did. But kind of like what Alvarado did for the, the Pelicans, yes, where yes. he was picking him up and wearing on him, and just listen. It's easy to dribble the ball half court nice and easy when, but if you got to go up and down the court and the guy is picking you up from the foul line almost 94 feet, it's it's significant different. It wears on him. He's 37. Let's be honest. We we fall on this thing of Tom Brady and LeBron James that the guys can just be looking young and playing young, but <laughs> I mean, no, those, not everyone is like that. And you know, Chris Paul's a smaller player and bigger players are they're putting bigger players on. They're just wearing on him. I, I agree with you. To answer the first question, too, I don't think I ever really answered it. I would say, I think it ha- without question, it has to be Drew Holiday. I mean, he was he delivered for them last year, and he was huge for them in moments, defensively, offensively. The chemistry him and Giannis had last year, it doesn't feel the same in this series. Maybe that's just a credit to how this Boston Celtic defense is going after and attacking this Milwaukee Bucks team. But right now, if I had to say Drew Holiday is the easier choice because just of his presence, and he's been there before, like this team has, but this is a guy that can give you 20-plus points, can give you 8-plus assists, and can play your best offensive player if you need to because of his defensive paralysis. So to answer that question, it would be me, Drew Holiday, and maybe even Brooke Lopez too because he was huge last year. This question... I was talking uh, to our boy, to Pete, yesterday about it. He says, don't be surprised at the Mavericks win. I don't see the Mavericks beating the Suns team. I expect this series to go in six. I expect the Suns to win tonight. And I expect them to go back to Dallas and to take care of business. That's how I think it's going to play. This series, Heat, this series between the Heat and Sixers, especially if Harden just plays the way that he played the other night, Ted. 
he could be in trouble. And I'm just curious, like everybody else has been, why isn't a guy that just got a five-year, $90 million contract sitting on the floor and sitting on the bench? If you don't know who I'm talking about, Duncan Robinson hasn't played a minute in this series. And he's getting paid five years and $90 million. And he's a three-point specialist. And you can use shooters because you can't rely on Jimmy all the time. Sometimes when Jimmy plays his best games, the Heat always don't win. They're a team yeah, that likes isn't to spread it weird? Them. We've, we've talked about it. Like, he's, his best games, he'll have like 30 I mean, he's amazing. Six. Don't get me wrong. He's amazing when he plays. But this team overall, Tyler Harrow has been struggling. Well, that, Bam, that, and Bam, 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 not having your commander yeah. in charge is significant. I yeah. mean, listen, that's part of the reason. He's he's the bulldog. He's the pit bull, however you want to relate him to. He was the leader for Toronto. He can shoot the three. He plays great defense. And he's the orchestra. You know, he's the leader. He's the – He's the maestro. He's the maestro. He's the maestro. He's the And you could see the difference in game four and a little bit in game three with him being out and not being able to play significant minutes, how different their offense looked. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you, Ted. I would say I would agree with you on this one, too. I would say the Heat are the team that should be um, and looking out for an upset because – Going into the series, they were, if you want to get betting odds, because I know everybody loves betting odds nowadays, they were a minus 170 to win the series. And then the Suns were an overwhelming minus 300 to win the series. So both of these two teams were big favorites going in. It's just, I don't feel that, I don't feel, if I'm a Suns fan or a Suns team, I feel like they're going to take care of business tonight. They'll go back to they'll go back to Dallas. We've seen this before. Everybody thinks, oh, oh the one seed, they may go down. I don't see it. Unless Luka goes... What he has been doing is like Superman. It's almost like the same as with Giannis. Somebody's got to step up. Brunson's got to step up. Dinwiddie's got to step up. If you get those players playing the way they played in the first round when Luka was out, then they should be in good hands. Maybe they do pull off the upset. But if I'm the if I'm the Heat, somehow you better get Duncan Robinson involved because right now he's getting paid ninety million dollars and he's getting sit on and sitting on the bench. Can I get some kind of money like that to sit on the bench? Damn, 90 million freaking dollars, Ted. What would you do with 90 million dollars? What would you do? Oh, you can't say? Is it too much? TMI? Sell my house, quit my job. Give Ted's, gonna, Ted's gonna tell everybody now. Now he's just like, yeah, I'll just say screw it. Just Double a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Forget about it. Forget about it. But speaking of money, and guess what? We're going to be joined right now by D. Joseph Aguirre. As guess what? We're just talking about $90 million. And we're going to hold on. Got to get him on. And we're going to get, oh, we got to split it up because can't do three phases. There we are. We're all back together. The crew is back. The trio's back. I was just talking about $90 million. And why am I getting into this cashman? Why, why are we not just talking about the New York Yankees and how great they're playing? Well, I feel like somebody called us out for it on CMG. Every time we talk about the New York Yankees, if we talk about a player or the team, the New York Yankees do well. So I'm going to stay away from talking about the New York Yankees as a team right now because they're playing excellent baseball, just like the New York Mets. The New York Yankees and the New York Mets, ladies and gentlemen, are dominating baseball. It's a great thing to see. Trust me. New York sports, maybe we got some positivity coming. Well, I was just talking about money and all. And this offseason, we talked about it. Biggest need for the Yankees was a shortstop, correct? Everybody was on Twitter. We were on Facebook. People were going nuts. Oh, we want this guy. We want that guy. We didn't get any of these guys. We ended up getting Isaiah Kiner-Falefa with Josh Donaldson. And everybody, it wasn't the sexiest pick. It wasn't the, oh, my God, it wasn't Correa. It wasn't Story. Well, I've looked down a lot of stats right here. 
here. You got to bear with me because I wrote down the stats of all those big shortstop guys that got big contracts. I'm going to just go through as quickly as I can right now, and then, Joe, I will get you on the floor. Trevor Story currently right now, zero home runs, 10 RBIs, 35 Ks, a 194 average, 545 OPS, 18 hits. Marcus Simeon, zero home runs, eight RBIs, 178 batting average, 478 OPS, 19 hits. Correa is having the best out of them, I think. 255, two home runs, 11 RBIs, 26 Ks, 255 average, 24 hits, and a 692 OPS. Corey Seager, big money. 231, four home runs, 12 RBIs, 24 hits, 645 OPS. And then Javi Baez was the last one. 237 average, 18 hits, two home runs, 11 RBIs, and a 666 OPS. You want to know what I... KF is going right now. Currently batting, well, let's be honest, he's got the best batting average out of all of them at 277. Now he doesn't have any home runs. Okay. Seven RBIs. Hey, he's in the play with all of them right now. He's in the ballpark. 23 hits. He's in the ballpark and has almost a better OPS than all of them. By the way, I put together all their contracts. All four of those guys, Simeon, Story, Seager, Correa, five guys, made a whopping over $885 million. IKF is only making just under $5 million. So, Joe, I gave you a lot of numbers right there. Those are the current stats. Now, I know it's 30 games, and I know that there's still 130 games left in this long season. But when we look back on this, do we believe that Cashman made the right decision? By not signing any of these big time players, going with the going with the guy for need, they did get a guy that they needed, and IKF, but it wasn't the name that everybody wanted. Did Cashman make the right decision? Well, listen. For once, he looked at his analytics sheet, and and it was it was literally telling him if you play good defense, and if you run the bases like big boys, yeah, you'll lose less games. And I think one of the things that's aggravated me in the early going is how many Yankee fans are upset by these one nothing two one three. Who cares? Like, can you can you believe that Yankee fans are getting upset that we're yes, I can believe it because they're idiots, just by and large idiots, all no, Joe, of them. This, Joe, this is I can't think of how many people are like, get rid of Aaron Hicks. Why he's your best hitter right now? Guy, guy's an on base machine. Get rid of him. Do you watch baseball? Some of these people are so dumb. <laughs> Listen, we, we get to the postseason and what happens? Booney goes to a defensive lineup. They don't score. They get eliminated. We go home and we bitch for four months to try to figure out what's going on. He committed the defense. I think Anthony Rizzo is maybe the most unheralded signing of the offseason. Right now, yeah. Dude, I, got one, I, got, I got one for you too, Joe. Funny story, you guys know I was at Wrigley this weekend, and you know yes. what I saw? I saw two things that made me laugh. Freddie I Freeman saw a struggle. I saw like eight thousand Rizzo jerseys all over that stadium. He's loved by. Chicago. I don't think you realize how much, how many more Rizzos I saw than than Schwerbers or Bryant's or any other name. I bet him and or uh, Baez would be the. I would say are the two names that are just dearly beloved by the Chicago fans. I'll tell you who I really dig their catcher, Wilson Contreras, who hit leadoff against Clayton Kershaw. Really? Yeah. Looks phenomenal behind the play. I mean, he, that that's 
to me, that's the one area where the Yankees uh, could could improve on because the the combination so far, obviously, of Trevino and Hagasioka, and then whatever the, the guy they got from the twin shows up to lefty, none of those guys can hit. So, so it's funny you just say that, Joe, because I was looking at something else, you know, trades and stuff. So people didn't really like the Albert Abreu trade to the Rangers for Trevino. They didn't understand, like, why? Because you already had the catcher. So I'm reading about him. People are like, oh, he was such great last year in the bullpen, eight innings. Well, his issues of command has come fruition for the, for the Texas Rangers. So far this year, with a whip of 1.96 and first seven two innings and an ERA of 3.52. Well, I don't know if you know this, Joe. You probably do because you do another Yankee show. Showed Mr. Jose Trevino has now become Garrett Cole's personal backstop. He's their number one guy. Here's another thing. He's number one in the league in catcher framing runs and strike rate percentage at 55.2%. Trevino's overall defense is 2.4 and 1.5 field fielding rating with fan graphs. Here's another thing. He's already had four defensive runs saved this year, which was Gary Sanchez's career high back in 2018. So, you know, they were reading talking about Trevino's defense. His defense and command behind the backstop is the best in the league right now. Now, he doesn't have full-time catching, but you don't need him hitting 275 if Rizzo and Judge and Stanton and Donaldson and everyone else are doing what they're supposed to do. Play great defense. You know, let's throw the runners out on the bases. Let's con- con- command the strike zone. Let's have great framing. Let's not have any bad pass balls. Mm-hmm. And let's be the – let's like – Let's be the center of the offense. Let's call out our blo- our box. Let's know who the mic is, and let's and let's control it. And you see, in the last two of the last three starts, Trevino has been Cole's personal backstop and catcher. Well, look how much better Cole has looked in the past two games. And listen, if he ain't going, I don't care what everyone else is doing. He is the leader of the pack. That's why he's your ace. So if he's rolling, everyone else just kind of follows along. Excuse me, I got excited. I was swinging the bat, hitting the desk. Kim but, thinks uh, you he's know, playing Yankee State. He thinks he's playing at Hartford Yoga Goat Stadium right now. But, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the pitch and rotation, and you know, we always talk about the Yankees. It's always about the hitting, right? And we and listen, the hitting is great. It's fun, the long ball, but the pitching staff is the thing that's been carrying this team so far. They got the best record in the American League. They're 20 and eight, and I'm looking at their pitching staff. Cole ERA under three, two point six seven. I told you, Joe, you weren't big on him, but he's finding a way. He's funky, and it's. But Nestor Cortez, man, almost had a no hitter yesterday. No hitter through eight. He's got. Yeah, but he can't hitter. ever get. Did he get the win yesterday? Yeah, he did. One nothing. Yeah, but did he actually get the yeah, win? He got the win. That's what I'm saying. He no, he never gets the win. Gets the win. He I never... don't think he ever gets the well, win. You know bro. what? He's he's so good that the Yankees. It's like who was it like that a couple of years? I feel like there was a pitcher like that. Oh yeah, yeah Jacob. DeGrom. Oh yeah, yeah Jacob. DeGrom. Jacob Degrom, where he puts lights out and his team couldn't but, even give him two runs. But, but look at this, Nestor Cortez, 1.82 RERA, right? He's solid. There's not a lot of walks either. Jordan Montgomery, 2.90. Jason Talion, 2.84. Another thing to protect, he's added the cutter to his game, which has added more control in the strike sound, less walks. We know what walks do. They produce runs. Severino, which we thought, I thought he was the best pitcher of all. He's got a 3.75, but it's still, it's still great. You look at that, and here's another thing. Domingo Herman's going to be coming back from injury and shoulder soon. Around June, July, that's a nice piece to add to the that rich pitching rotation. 
You know, and I, I'll, Trevor, you said, did the caster make the right decision? He's made the right decision right now because everyone's healthy. There's no significant injuries. The other thing is, though, the Yankees have finally started to take control of their schedule. They're playing bad teams. So no more losing two out of three against the Orioles. We sweep the Orioles. We sweep the Guardians. We sweep the Royals. That's what you're supposed to do. You got another big series starting tonight against the Blue Jays. Let's take – I don't know. No, it's, no, you're playing the – you finish up the Rangers series tonight. Rangers? Was, I just yeah, looked playing, on Yacht. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's uh, they finished that yesterday. They're back they with the Blue Jays. Where the hell are you? No, oh, one nothing. My bad. They all yeah. – the Rangers and Blue Jays have a blue one. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Well, they start tonight. They play 735 against the Blue Jays. Another big series at home. But they're taking advantage of their 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 schedule, all right? They're winning the games that we've been jumping on down their throat for. Let's beat these teams three out of four, two out of three, or sweep the bad teams. Because you know that division later on in the season is going to get tougher. Go ahead, Joe. But ask yourself why they're winning these games. I, I just uh, this this sort of stuck out to me a couple weeks ago. They they um I think it's defense. I think the defense. Yeah, well, it totally is because here's the thing. Pitching and defense. Yeah, they had games against Baltimore and Kansas City where both teams booted the ball around four times. And the Yankees played flawless baseball. And I and I thought, what a perfect way to highlight. Like, those teams can't afford to make mistakes. You know that. Yeah. Absolutely. When the Yankees' defense is phenomenal and you're kicking the ball around the field, mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes so much more apparent, like, oh, my God, the Yankees are good. We've been wondering the last few years why they can't beat the Rays. Well, the Rays, that's how the Rays play. They play clean. They play good defense. They run the the. They the make you beat them. They make they you beat fundamental them. baseball. And then on top of it, I'm sure you guys know the Yankees have have double the amount of home runs they've allowed this year to their opponents. So, and look here, here, Teddy, you made a great point. Listen, you can afford to have a position like catcher that's all defense in this lineup. Yeah, and especially if he's that good as a right. defensive catcher, and he has right. been. Go, go back to 96 with Joe Girardi. I mean, nothing sexy, but super effective. It worked. I mean, we and, used to yell about Posada, uh, but he got away right. from it because he hit 25 home runs. You don't need nine superstars at all nine positions. You can get away with a catching platoon. I also think it's funny. It's almost like Garrett Cole just wants the backup, whoever it is. Because when Hagasioka was spelling Sanchez, the numbers were off the charts. All of a sudden, Hagasioka's the starter, and he, and he needs Trevina. I don't get it. Hey, but listen, I'm not arguing about it. Listen, I don't care who he has. If he has to go back to Higgy, that's fine. I, I will say the one thing, though, I am still nervous. Now, they're getting away with it with the bad teams, the, the teams that they're playing right now. But they're winning. Listen, at the other day, they're still winning, so that's all you care about. The only thing is I watched the series this weekend. They still don't score that many runs. They still yeah, but nobody's move. scoring. That's the thing. Oh, I know, and we talked about that a couple weeks. So I know. unless you're playing, unless you're playing the Cincinnati Reds. No, the Reds are on a three-game win streak. They got more oh, wins. Yeah, they this week. Oh, they we got go. more wins this week than they had in the last twenty-three. Baby, here we come. Well, more wins this week than they had in the Let last. Just bet, did you? But I'm just saying, the you know, one run, two runs, eventually it might catch up to you, and they're waiting for that home run ball. Listen, either way, they're winning. It's good to see. They're playing great baseball. They're the number one team in the AL, surprisingly. But hey, listen, we'll take it because this is a wall. This we know baseball is like an eternity, man. So get as many wins as you can early. So when you do have that rough patch somewhere in June, July, August, where you're like, oh, we lost eight out of twelve, it's okay because you still got a significant lead. Listen, the Red Sox are in big trouble. They can't hit. 
And that was their thing. I know we're not talking about the Red Sox, but they can't hit. That's a surprise. Uh, your boy Trevor Story? I don't know, bro. You know, th- they have such a potent lineup with names, and but they're just not hitting the ball. And, they're and, that's, a, and that's the thing. Like, I know I know Yankee fans this whole offseason were like, let's go get Correa. Let's go get Seager. Let's go get Baez or something like that. The guy that I really wanted out of this group is probably the guy that's playing the worst out of everybody. It's Story. I really didn't need – like, I really didn't need – go crazy about get, especially going to get like Carlos Correa. I know everybody was dying to get Carlos Correa. I wasn't, I didn't really want any of these shortstops. And I, I know that we're Yankee fans and we always expect the Yankees to just go out there and spend hundreds and hundreds of millions like these players got this year. But I'm glad Cashman didn't. And now I know at first when we saw the trade that happened with the Sanchez and Urshela for Donaldson and IKF, we were like, wait, what the hell's going on? Why are they doing this? I mean, now you look back, and I know it's 30 games, and there's still 130 more to go. And if with the way the Yankees are playing, there's going to be more than just 130 games this year. Is the fact that I'm just glad that he didn't go out and spend a billion dollars on these guys because you look at these numbers, bro. IKF has is right in the ballpark of all these guys. That's a better average, and in the same ballpark of RBIs, home runs, better OPS, and he's and he's defensively. He's better than all of them right now. I mean, he's he's playing to what the Yankees were hoping they traded for, and he's delivering. I know he's not going to be a guy that's going to hit like these guys. He's not going to be Trevor Story. He's not going to be Correa. This he's not going to hit. He's not going to hit 30, 40 home runs. If that's what Yankee fans are expecting, Derek Jeter never did that. If we all quickly forgot about Derek Jeter's career, Derek Jeter never did. The highest he's ever had is about 22, 23 home runs, I believe. It was early in the 2000s. 24. Yeah. 24. Exactly my point. He's never been a home run hitter. We don't need to have a home run hitter. We have enough of them. We have Giancarlo Stanton. We have Aaron Judge. We have Donaldson. We have Rizzo. We have Joey Gallo still. I know he's still there, but we have enough of that. Imagine if all of those guys start hitting, and I mean hitting bombs. Because to me, IKF is like, if you could take one guy from this team and throw him on the 96 team, a perfect fit, like that that guy would have been... DJ LeMayu. Ah! Because of versatility. And Joe Torrey loved versatility guys who can... Who were good team players. Okay, yep. The only thing is, I got to worry about him. You see that in the post the other day? They they got knocked him and uh, Donaldson for yeah. driving down the first baseline. Mm-hmm. Oh, they mm-hmm. they got a hustle. He's got, got a, a he's hustle. Probably, he probably got a little hungover watching the blue shirts. Yeah. But I, I'm telling you, dude. The blue I, shirts. I, had the I, Rangers. I, you know the Rangers? I, yeah. yeah. Hilarious. I saw that. I'm, I'm glad goals. they. I like that these guys like each other, too. Just there's something, there's something about this team that. Right now, for me, is checking all the boxes. I actually watched the game on Amazon the other night. Uh, terrible broadcast, but uh, it was terrible. <laughs> was it, it was awful. Oh God, it was. Uh, I think uh, there was a it was a woman and a man, and they were awful. Was it John um, Sterling? No, no, it was like two people that had just watched a baseball game for the first time and were trying to good. tell you about it. Not good. Oh, it's um, like that. It's like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you though, I you know, there's not a weak spot in on this team right now. I mean, the bullpen's phenomenal. Chapman, phenomenal. Just tied Goose Gossage on the saves list. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, rotation is outstanding. ERA's like that. Yeah, the defense is great. They're running the. I mean, everything about the Yankees. And like you said, Ted, you know what? You're off to a great start. That never happens because you know the June swoon is coming. 
It always does. Late June, early July. They start playing like crap for a few weeks. Better to be, you know, you don't want to be three games over 500 when that happens. Yeah, it's yeah, nice let's, let's to be where they over. are. And like you said, beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Yes, yes. But the, the reason they're beating those teams is very simple. The pitching's phenomenal, and the defense is not making mistakes. But another thing I'll add, too, and what we've seen in the past couple of years, and I'll finish up with this, is it doesn't feel like it's all just top-heavy now. I feel like there's like a good balance, you know. Like well, we have, great, you got. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got like Judge that you got those big time guys, but I feel like the the guys below him, the Lemayhus, the Glabers. I know Glaber still is got to is trying to get Yankees his own. Have been great, but all these guys that's that like, it's always been. Remember, like a couple years ago, or even the Nick Swisher years, it was always someone different with the walk off hit. It would be Swisher one night, and, yes. and this guy and that guy, and that's what it has to be. It doesn't always have to be the ju- the gun, you know, the gun show with Judge and Stan and, and Gallon. We know that if one or two of those guys, like Joe was saying before, if they actually do get really, really hot, where they get on that, you know, like Stan went on that tour, they yeah. one of those two of those guys can carry this team for like, you know, to a 10-0 streak of winning. Does the title feel different? What was? I don't know. I does here, Joe. Does the title feel different? What do you mean? Does this title title feel different? Like the team? Does this team feel different to me? Yes, because they're off to a a 1998 historic start. The Yankees are on pace to win 114 games, which would tie the 98 Yankees. He's asking, I guess, does it feel like that? And I don't. Not yet. Oh, does this, 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 so this is the word year. Does this year yeah, feel th- different to me right now? I know it's only 30 games and I know there, uh, there's still 130 games left and so much can happen with baseball. We've seen it countless amount of times, but just, it feels like, I mean, even them going to the Ranger game, chugging beers, just being with fans. It feels like it's just different in general because you feel like that's what the Yankees have been missing. Like where was that spunk? Where was that camaraderie? The past couple of years, it just felt like, Oh, well, we're the Yankees. We're just going to beat you because we're the New York Yankees. And well, this year it just well, feels like after all the pressure, we you got to think about this too. This team is dealing with a lot of pressure coming. I know people have talked about the Dodgers and fair enough because they've created their own pressure, but the Yankees as well have too. You got to think of the past years with the signings, and it's just the New York Yankees. Well, you haven't been. You have hold on. You haven't been to a World Series since 2008. So this is a team that is used to winning championships. We've seen it. They got them. We all know it. Everybody well, likes to criticize us. We have 27 World Series. So the New York Yankees, the most in sports history. So the New York Yankees, all they ever have learned to do is win. And we haven't seen that in the past couple of years, but now you're starting to feel like that camaraderie is coming back, that joy is coming back, like that twenty. Well, yeah, but that's what winning does. And yes. I would say, and I'll say this, and Joe put it perfectly: a game like yesterday, the Yankees would have found a way in the last two years to lose that game one nothing because of a boneheaded error, throwing error, something would have went stupid. We a walk, a pass ball, a stolen base, you know. A oh, can I say one more thing too? Because Luke Boyd couldn't stretch from first base. Or yeah. you know Rizzo doesn't save on a defense because his his defense at first base is is phenomenal. It's it's top notch in the league. And then, I got one point too. One then, more. So with that being said, to be able to find a way to get that one nothing win, that's the difference this year right now through May tenth. You know also we'll see, also we'll I see haven't a month later how this goes, but they're the first team in in, in AL to have twenty wins already this season. So right and now I, if you're a New York fan, 
the Rangers can't stop anyone because they were getting up 14 goals in the last two games. But if you're a Mets and Ranger, Mets and Yankee fan, you got to be very happy of where your team's at. And for the Mets, you know you're going to get the best pitcher in baseball coming back in July for the stretch run. And for the Yankees, it's it's just staying healthy, doing what they do. And you, like I said, you're going to get Domingo Herman back. You know, who knows? Does Volpe come up late in the season? What is Luis Gill? I mean, you know you have guys that have participated in the past two years to help this team out. They know you they can come right up and fill. And listen, is there a chance that um oh my god, help me out the reliever with the Tommy John surgery? The left Jordan thing, I'm drawing, Oh Britain, Zach Britain. Zach Britain. Zach Britain is if does he come back late in the season? Can he give us anything late in uh, August and September and possibly in October? I, and the final thing for me, Joe, is I haven't seen any issues, uh Aaron Boone creating any issues. I think that's a big deal moving forward too, because we've always we've been heavily me per, me specifically out of us three have been ridiculing Aaron Boone for decision making since he's become the Yankee manager. I feel like he's kind of just letting things play out and just let it let the let the hot hand keep going. Whatever that may be, whatever lineup that may be, whatever the pitching staff, if the pitcher's feeling it, like he did with Cortez. I mean, usually we're seeing Cortez guys like that. They're out in the fifth inning and we got our bullpen. Guess what? They don't need to. Like they're letting these guys pitch deep into the sixth, seventh, maybe sometimes even the eighth inning, and then you don't even have to use your bullpen sometimes. Keep them rested. So, I, I mean, I've been very impressed with as well with Aaron Boone and his decision-making early on in the season. If you're going to live and die by analytics, you need guys that can play in that in that style. You need guys that can you, – you need defense. If you're going to play that game – and so I think for the first time, you, Boone's got the guys that he needs. And now that analytics stuff, you can kind of roll. You can roll with it because, again, you know, not everybody. Everybody sort of has a role. The other thing about this quick start by the Yankees, and I say this every year. You remember last year we were doing the math at the All Star break, and I was like, "Listen, oh, they yeah, just yeah, have yeah. to do this," and they did. Right? Yep, they did over a hundred sixty-two game season. The Yankees are so good and they're so talented that by the end of the year, dude, you know they're going to get to like 92, 94, 95 wins. Yeah. That's how I mean that because you can't have this much talent and not expect that. No, you're right. But this team, I mean, literally since um 2007, this team has been constantly playing catch up from the beginning of the season, you know, playing barely 500 ball in the July, and then they start ramping it yeah. up because that's how good they are. Well, so, again, Joe to not be in that position right now to get off to a great start. And to have such a good team, and and again, dude, it doesn't matter who's in and who's out. I think the for me, the guy I was most wrong about, and I think the guy who's been maybe the biggest difference maker so far, Glaber Torres. Yeah, he's, he's hitting again. His defense has not been I mean, an his issue. Av his average is is not great. It's at two twenty. It's better but than most others. Yeah. But it's it, it's been clutch. And the other day, and, and he's I'll been clutch. Control. And I'll put this way. To finish off on Joe's last point, because this will be the last thing I'll say is, yeah, unlike most years, because of the significance of us being at the 20 win mark, getting the number one seed like the NFL is that much more significant now in the playoffs. That'd be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, Let, nice. We don't have to play the play-in game. Let nope. someone else play the play-in game. Let them beat up on each other. Let their rotation get screwed up. Well, don't forget about also the new rules, too. There's new playoff rules this year. That's why, but that's why it's important to have the number one seed because you have the buy. You don't have to play that first week, which yeah. is nice. We sit pretty and let let the Rays and the and the Blue Jays play. You got to knock one of those out. You don't have to beat two of those. You know what I mean? Because I feel comfortable going against 
the Angels and White Sox. And well, actually, the White Sox ain't even looking that good right now. So that's that's another story. We'll save that for another time. But we'll see what happens. But right now, I'm done talking New York Yankee baseball because I don't want to talk too much good about them because I don't want to be bad luck to them. That's all I'm going to say because every time we talk New York Yankee baseball, either it's bad. If it's bad, they talk. They play really good. And if they play, if we talk talking highly about them, they always find ways to just go on a damper. Let's hope tonight that this hot streak continues against an AL division foe in the Blue Jays. And this could be huge because you could just continually extend that lead in the AL East. But right now, the Yanks, the Mets, two best teams in baseball right now. Real quick, last thing. Let's clear this up. Jacob DeGrom is out for the foreseeable future. If you're going to put together a list of best pitchers in New York and you start it with Jacob DeGrom, you're an idiot because Jacob DeGrom isn't going to be pitching until well after the all-star break. If at all this year, look at Chris Sale. There's another one. Hey, just need him for the, just need him for the playoffs, playoffs, bro. We're wrestling. Yeah. If you're a Mets fan, you just want him for playoffs. Sure. Let's stop pretending that this guy is ever going to make 30 starts in a season or that he's as good as. When he pitches, he's good. He never pitches. Joe That's Jacob Degrom is in the is in the Hall of Fame right now. If he wanted to retire, listen. Degrom going to come back, be six and zero, have a one point eight two RRA, and win the Cy Young. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, yo, if that happens, I guarantee Joe is not watching baseball anymore. Joe's done with watching. Baseball. Well, him winning, him winning six games in any season is a tra- is a challenge. I mean, he won, a, he won the Cy Young with Joe, what, oh, oh, eleven wins. Eleven, eleven wins. They, listen, what a difference a manager. And a couple moves make for their franchise. And sorry, say no more, Cano. That was that was the one guy that if I wanted the Yankees to make a move this year, it was going to get Buckshow Walter. I thought you were going to say Robinson Cano, and I thought to no, be the no, first no, we don't want Robinson. No, he. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Matthew Blake looks like a good pitching coach. Huh? He's, giving you, he's giving you the steroids. Here you go, Judge. Well, you know, Wait again, right? People now. who were like, "This guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's an analytics guy." No, there's something to the analytics. Again, you have to have the right players. Exactly. If you don't yeah. have the right, you can't just you can't throw the Giambi brothers. And and just as like they can do analytics, no, they can't. No, they, you know what I mean. You need the right players. You need a good defense. You they got all the things that you need to to blindly follow the analytics. You really do. This is like kind of a no brainer at this point, yeah. and not for nothing. If you do look around the rest of the league, the Yankees are really really good compared to everybody else, including the Dodgers. Ended on that. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Ladies, and, ge- ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, we will be back at the end of the week. Did you see the news of uh, Kayvon Thibodeau? We will be wearing number five. And Tom Brady just got a 10-year, $375 million contract to be on Fox. So Tom Brady's got his uh, life set, even though he already did. But just add more money to the uh, pocket for no reason. For no freaking reason. I hate that guy again. Now I'm back to hate. Yeah, now I'm back yeah, to hate. Really. Yeah, All the Brady. goodwill of Tom Brady. Brady's gone. Yeah, I'm done. Fine. I'm done with He needs like another go. half a million dollars. Just really? go away. Just go. Listen, half just a go million away. dollars. It's not him. Just go it's away. Fox. I know. I know. I know. I know. But just go away. Could have said no. Just could have said no and Would go hang you? out. With, go hang out with your wife and kids. Yes, Amazon, for the love what? of God. Why doesn't that man want to be with that woman? Ask yourself that question. What's really going on here? Why does every man not want to be with his wife 24-7? You ask yourself that, Joe. (laughs) 
Oh, I mean his wife. I mean his wife specifically. Joe's hiding in the basement. We all want to be with that person. I don't (laughs) know why he doesn't. Not 24-7. Because she's probably the Bruce Arians to his, you know. The boss. What What are you going to say? Probably bosses him around. Oh, yeah, right. I'd just be like this. Hey, honey, just remember. Not with her. Giselle's I'm the GOAT. I'm the GOAT in the... I'm the goat in the most popular sport. Hey, listen, in the, if you in watch the, the stories, you see the significance of her, what she means and represents oh, yeah, that family. Of course. She's a Victoria's Secret model, so of course. And Nothing he to do with spend it. any time with her. That's weird. <laughs> he, he just wants more money. He's only got to announce the games and then come back. What is, this, what, is it, what is this, Jeff Bezos over here? Just adding more and more money? Jesus. He's like, I want to hang out with Gronk. Come yeah, I hope you. I hope Amazon offers Joe like a ten million dude to do the games at Yankee, and Joe's like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'll stay in my basement watching from behind uh, <laughs> no, no. It's di- it'd be di- it'd be hold on. first of all, it'd be different for us because we've never seen money like that. But for Brady, right. it's just become it's just Listen, another. It's just wake up. Rich, it's another I day. I want to be richer. Why the hell would I want to go downhill? You always want to be better. Make more. I make a million. I want to make not, a billion. First of all, he would never go down. He would never go downhill. He he would just stay at the top. I mean. He's Tom Brady. I'd love to see Tom Brady do something he sucks at, and I don't know. I wonder like hit, if he's like going to be any baseball. good at. Like hit a he's any good at talking. I think he's good. I think. He's I don't good. know. Joe, I my understanding Joe. was from an interview I saw with her that he's got the intellect of a thirteen year old. He's very oh. juvenile. In the sense, characters. Tom Brady's good, bro. A lot of fart jokes, stuff like that. I'm telling you, that I don't know how good those, I don't like know how good those broadcasts are going to be is all I'm saying. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we don't like Troy Aikman either, but he did a great Joe, job. Joe rather listen to the people on Amazon Prime. He's no Eli him. Manning, I'll tell you that. Nobody. Who knew Eli was as funny in his character as yo, he Eli, was? Yo, Eli's the man. Eli yeah. is just the man. I am so happy. He's, he's, almost, he's almost more popular now than he was as a football player. So happens when you run New York and you win Super Bowls, become a big name. And I think most people now Manning. recognize that the more talented Manning brother is and always has been Eli. Maybe not throwing the football, but just talent-wise. Well, let's be honest. Sometimes always the younger brother is sometimes always the <laughs> more talented one. And certain things. Th- like, like, here's the thing. I'll give you this. Ted was the better football player. I'll give him that. I was a good football player, too. But sometimes the talent. You guys, is you guys understand that it started with Peyton's places first, and because it got such a good hit, they added Eli to the thing, and they felt. And bad he's just Eli. he's just become back track. Boogie, Peyton Boogie. has his own show. Everything starts with Peyton. He's the head host of everything. Stop with your nonsense. Everything the show, let's go. Every, everything starts with Peyton. Yeah, yes. Everything starts at the top of his big ass forehead too, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We are shop Ted. We are Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms. We'll be back at the end of the week to talk. Some NFL football, NBA playoffs, do the series end. What will happen in these three series that are currently tied at two? Do will we see a closeout in the Memphis Golden State? And we'll be talking more New York Yankee baseball and New York baseball as well. But ladies and gentlemen, we are ki- come on, man. Hey, <laughs> Joe's like so against it. He hates it. But ladies and gentlemen, we are keys to the city. We are out. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. 
streaming every Friday.